This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Well, now to your health, your medication. You might be on a plan that specifies that you must get a generic version of your prescription if it's available, or you might prefer to do that if you're paying out of pocket. And if you've ever wondered what makes a brand name drug different from a generic drug, whether there are any safety concerns associated with them, and why the generics are usually less expensive, we have all the information for you. I'm here with our trusted contributor, Alan Malik, the Executive Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Uh, let me give you the numbers before we get to Alan. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740 if you have questions about generics or about anything else to do with drugs. He's your guy. Hi, Alan. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay. So uh, what are the main questions that come up about generics? Well, probably, and I, I'm, I'm digging back into my past as a, as a frontline pharmacist, and quite, quite simply, we get a tremendous amount of confusion from expressed from patients just not understanding what their medication is. They get a prescription from their from their doctor and they bring it into their pharmacist for dispensing and lo and behold a different name shows up on the label generating all kinds of confusion. And so I think it's 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 an age-old problem. We at least from from our perspective we see this as uh, as confusing and it's important from a patient care perspective that patients understand what it is they're taking and also why they're taking it. But I think if you can get the name right, uh, it will clarify a lot. Okay, so set us straight on which name is which. So the brand name, when we talk about brand name pharmaceutical products, we're talking about the originator product, the original manufacturer, uh, and uh, these are the, the names that we hear every single day. We hear of Tylenol, we hear of uh, Lipitor, we hear of a whole bunch of different medications, and we are they, they have become so commonplace, we know them by name. But there is a brand name, which was the marketed name by the originator company, and then there is a chemical name that underlies that. Uh, there's a big, long, probably a 20-letter name sometimes, it seems. Uh, so Tylenol is acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Yeah. But mo- many people f- have, I even have tr- sometimes <laughs> trouble saying the word acetaminophen. It, it's a, there are tongue twisters. And, uh, it's so, and Advil is ibuprofen. Advil is ibuprofen. So very, we, we tend to latch on to those names that are very common, very easy to remember, and and that's out there in the media. But when we start getting into uh, the differences between brand and generic, we 
all of a sudden start to question whether or not there is a difference when we jump from one manufacturer to another, the original manufacturer to uh, uh, some have used the term knockoff, and is this a knockoff drug? Well, I would, in general words, I would say no. These are not knockoffs. These are high-quality, uh, well-researched uh, products that have gone through testing. Uh, but we sometimes we just take comfort in a name that we know, and we see that on the label. Uh, it gives us sometimes. A okay, comfort. so so you you get a prescription, and you think of the brand name, and then you go to your pharmacy and you pick up something, and you say, "What what's this?" That's exactly right. Uh, I have that same <laughs> the same argument with my with my wife and my kids. Uh, I I'm I'm a believer in in generics because I I I know the quality that goes into them, uh, and I know that the testing and the rigor that uh, goes into their approvals, uh, and because they are inherently cheaper, less expensive. When I say I use that word very cautiously, cheaper does not imply a lower quality. It's purely a cost issue. Uh, so when I tell my wife and my kids to go pick up acetaminophen, I see their eyes glaze over and I say, that's the generic Tylenol. Just go in and ask for, uh, ask for the generic if you don't know which one to look for. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the big takeaways is, is the pharmacist is always there to, to, to ask and find out you know, more information about generic. Okay, uh, but sometimes they are a little different, aren't they? There are some some differences. The where they are the same is in their active ingredients. The right. ingredient that is that you're actually seeking to to give you the result that you want. Where they differ are in perhaps some of the uh, the inactive ingredients, the binders, the the things that actually hold the tablet together. Because the active ingredient is is probably about the size of a few specks of, of uh, a few grains of sand. Uh, it's the binding agents, the fillers that form a tablet that can actually be picked up and put into a tablet. So it's those ingredients that can differ. You may look at lactose being a filler ingredient versus cornstarch being uh, in another brand. So those don't have any active effect, but they are, they are going to be different. They can be different. Okay, and why are the generics cheaper? Um, I think it goes back to uh, an earlier comment I made about the the uh, original research. When we go into uh, when we look at w what led to the marketing of a product, the introduction of that original product onto the market, there is a tremendous amount of research, testing um, to make sure that it does what it's supposed to do. That. When, when a patent expires, when, when the, 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 li the legal lifespan of that branded name uh, expires, generics can then come in and start manufacturing, but they don't need to go through that, in, that same, de same degree of rigor. They don't have to do testing to prove that, it, that the ingredient in there does what it's supposed to do. It's assumed. So if we use our Tylenol example, acetaminophen is the chemical ingredient, and when the manufacturer of Tylenol uh, was putting that onto the market way back when, they had to demonstrate that acetaminophen was useful in the treatment of pain, treatment of headaches, and they demonstrated that it was approved as a product. Long after, when the patent finally expired, the generic companies come in and the acetaminophen name, the ingredient, has already been demonstrated. It's been proven. So they don't have to reprove that. All they have to do is demonstrate that they are uh, what is called bioequivalent, that they, they 
achieve the same concentration in the bloodstream. I don't want to get too technical, but that they they have the same rates of reaction. They 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 produce the effect in, within the same general window, half hour, an hour for it to take effect, whatever the product is, that it matches pretty close to the branded product. And so because the rigor isn't quite as as detailed, that's where the costs are. That's the costs come in the research and in the analysis. And so there's an ability to shave some of the costs off because that background expense has not been has not been made. I want to ask some of our audience, because sometimes there have been these campaigns where they say ask for the branded product. Uh, So I'm just curious, are there people who are doing that? Are you happy with your generic medications? Uh, Do you, you know, put a lot of thought into it or, you know, you're just getting your medication, whatever it is. I'd, I'd like to hear from our listeners on that. I've, I've wondered about some of those ads. There's a, if I may give a slight editorial, there's one really annoying commercial <laughs> that's on in heavy rotation now on television. The one, the guy in the lineup who says, I want my branded Viagra. Then he turns around to the people and he's saying, I always ask for branded Viagra. And I'm thinking, I don't know what I'd do if that guy was ahead of me in line at the pharmacy. I think I might leave. Live in a very new world. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just wondering... What what your thoughts on that? Because there there are other campaigns where where drug companies say, "Hey, ask for the branded product," and and sometimes there are coupons. So I'm curious if anybody's ever taken that up. Um, also, uh, I can tell you that this morning I woke up and uh, I had to take an allergy pill. So maybe we can talk about some of those. And it it seems to just be kicking in because. Um, you know, it's supposed to take half an hour, but <laughs> that was hours and hours ago. Anyway, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. I am here with our trusted contributor, Alan Malik from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Alan Malik, the executive VP and chief pharmacy officer at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're going to get right to your calls, and we've got Valerie in Toronto. Hi, Valerie. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Um, I was very interested when I was hearing the difference between the generic brands and the brand name brands and their binding compounds. Um, I myself, for some of them, have to definitely have the brand name brand because I'm allergic to some of the binary compounds in the generic models. And I was amazed to find that out because most people don't know. So you have to really ask what is in the generic binding compound. My daughter's allergic to lactose, so am I. And some of them are, when he mentioned the lactose one, I thought, oh, maybe people don't know that. It's used sometimes to bind different compounds of the generic drugs. So you really have to ask the proper questions at the pharmacy to get the information you need because you could have a reaction to something and it may not be the product itself, but the binding compound that's with it. 
you're you're absolutely right, Valerie. It it can get very confusing, and especially when you walk into your pharmacy and and you look at the wall of the over the counter products, and you, all you see is a sea is a wall of 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 products, um, you know, with a particular a branding. But it's hard to know, and there there are multiple. Uh, there's there's always the originator brand, but there's multiple generics in many cases, exactly. and so uh, it's sometimes very uh, very difficult uh, to, to determine. And I'll be perfectly honest; it's it's almost impossible for pharmacists to keep up with uh, with the inactive ingredients with the these binding agents. Uh, so don't be surprised when you do go and ask. And I always encourage asking your pharmacist because they have the information available. But they'd have to go and actually dig it up and look it up into the in in the uh, in the what is called the product monograph, the listing of all the all the ingredients, because it, it can vary and it, you know what it can sometimes change, uh, even within uh, within the within the generic brand. Decisions can be made at some point where they shift from one binder to another, um, and it, it has because I've had medication that's generic, and one company stops making it. And it's out of circulation for three or four months. Another company picks it up, and that's correct. That's and it's a different, different bindery compound. So, um, my only suggestion to people is, if you are allergic to anything, you really should give a list into your pharmacist. And when it comes up for a new medication, remind them to check for those ingredients before they give it to you. That's a great suggestion. I um, couldn't have said it better. The yeah, one- that's that's the only. That's the only way I could find out if it's safe. Like, and yes, I agree with you. I do not like that Viagra commercial. I'd like to get it off the air. It's just totally annoying. I don't know anybody in their right mind that would turn around and smile to say that they're happy to have their little blue pill. Most people keep that quiet. They just happy to well, have no. It, even if they don't keep it quiet, I don't think they'd be quite that loud pharma- and obnoxious. No. And pharmacists can tell some stories too. Uh, oh. if they were allowed. <laughs> oh, please, you're allowed. <laughs> Valerie, uh, thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, let's go to Dale in the beaches. Hello, Dale. Hello. Um, my question is: uh, recently tried to refill a high blood pressure generic. And they sent me one-third of the supply saying that the next batch will be in in two months, which won't last. I asked for the brand name. Well, the brand name is no longer being made, and lo and behold, the generic is no longer being made. Where where do I go? What do I buy? Who do I talk to? So this is uh, not the first time I've heard uh, heard this question and this frustration. And what what drug is it, if we may ask? Uh, Sectrol is the brand name, and Ace Butylol is the generic. It's for high blood pressure. And I've been taking the generic for over twenty years, and to switch, what side effects will I expect as well? This is, um, I think, what what you're articulating here. This is this has been going on for a while, but it, I, I get a sense this may start to occur a little bit more often. And we're looking at we're looking at changes in in pricing schemes. Um, these are 
possibly going to affect manufacturing cycles. Uh, I'm not suggesting that that this is the uh, the reason. Sometimes it is purely about uh, the the accessibility of some of the ingredients. It could be the active ingredient. It could be the the binding agents. The suppliers. Uh, the suppliers may be, and and there's a, a number of uh, a number of sources of all these ingredients. So it could be just that. But sometimes decisions are made uh, based on uh, on pricing. Uh, it may be more advantageous for uh, for um, you know certain products to be moved up in priority for manufacturing. There's only a certain number of meds that, and pills that can well, there's, be made. There, there's a change be, because of bulk buying. The, the price is going down on a lot of medications. And because of that, you know, some manufacturers are saying, hey, I don't want to make it anymore. That's a big problem. But also in, in Dale's case, is it possible that it's just an older medication? There might be something better now? Well, yes. Uh, now, newer does not always imply better. Uh, there's a lot of people that's, and a lot of doctors and pharmacists that trust the, the, the old prototypes and, and they've had great experience. So you're, you're absolutely right, Libby, that, you know, that, that, could, be, uh, that could be a function. The uh, with the with the situation with uh, a discontinued brand, that's that's certainly not uncommon. Many of the brands, uh, I can think of uh, a handful that are no long haven't haven't been available for probably two decades, um, and, and but we still call it by by the brand name. We still refer to it because uh, it's simpler. Uh, but the brand itself has never hasn't been around for you know ten, fifteen, twenty years, uh, and because the generic market has completely taken over. What uh, am I going to do in so, those two months that I have no supply? So your your concern is quite valid, Dale. And my my strong recommendation: first of all, there 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 may be alternate generics out there. And my understanding is that there are several generic companies that do manufacture uh, asbutylol, which is the generic uh, generic ingredient. Uh, that said, if if that's if those options are not available, it's speaking with your pharmacist, speaking with your doctor about those about alternatives. The nice thing is that uh, that's in a class of medication that where there are many many options, uh, and simple while. Sectrol and Aspirulol may have worked very, very well for you. That's not to say that there aren't others in the same class of medications. That, well, can you that, drop any names on me that I might discuss with my doctor and I, pharmacist? I, 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 there are some names, but without knowing your full medication profile, I would, I would, I would not feel comfortable doing so because there are some medications that mix with others and, and mix fine with others, and others that don't. Uh, your pharmacist would be is the one I would. Would go and talk to, uh, and basically say, based on my medication history, what would you recommend as my option, as my alternative, and can you speak with my doctor about making uh, making a change? They're they're in the best situation. I don't have enough information uh, to be able to, uh, and I, I I don't think I'd be doing you uh, a service. Well, lastly, is it uh, true that after some years of taking medications, they wear off and they're no use, and maybe revisiting the whole blood pressure situation is what I should do? Oh, I think with blood pressure, it's important that that's monitored. We should never take uh, that blood pressure or any medical condition for granted. Uh, the bottom line is if the medication is doing what it's supposed to do, if your blood pressure is under good control, there's no need to change it. There is there is no truth that medications wear off. It's only a function of whether or not your condition is getting better or worse. 
and uh, it's not a function of the medication losing its potency. Dale, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Diane in Toronto. Hello, Diane. Hello there. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm 68 years old, almost 69, and I take three medications. I take um, Tylenol for my arthritis. It's usually very severe in the morning. It improves as the day goes on. And I take uh, a heartburn, a no-name heartburn pill because I get very bad heartburn. And I also, for bladder incontinence, I take a pill that the doctor prescribed. It's called Mitrobic. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. um, I take one every night before I go to bed. Hello? Hello, yes. What's your question? Um, My question is about the Tylenol. I take two every morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm just worried about the effects that would have on my liver as time goes on. If you're just taking two every morning, Diane, um, we're not looking at any uh, any danger. And I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, believer that in everyone should be watching their intake of acetaminophen, whether it's the Tylenol brand or the generic, mm-hmm. uh, because there are with every medication there are toxicities. Uh, there are yes. there are limits to what we can take on a daily basis. So this is one. Mm-hmm. If you're just taking two a day, you're certainly well under uh, the the maximum daily amount, and there shouldn't be any interaction with your medication. But if you if you have any concerns, speak with your frontline pharmacist who can who can uh, advise. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm making a big mistake, too. I, to me, I have to buy Tylenol. I'm sure, as you say, there's generic brands that would do me just as well and cost a lot less. That's that's correct. I'm I'm a believer in the generic. Uh, I think the only time I, I would shift to a brand is if you're not tolerating a generic version. I understand. Well, thank you very much. I mean, the Mitrobic is working for me. I just don't drink too much liquid a few hours before I go to bed. And I, I notice I'm not getting up two, three times in the night. I'm getting a sound of sleep. And uh, the heartburn stuff is working excellent for me. I'm just worried more about the Tylenol. Yeah, well, you're, you're doing fine. Uh, Thanks, well, Diane. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, do we have time for one more? David Hamilton, if you can be very quick, oh, please. Oh, I will. I promise, promise. Um, when a generic drug actually is prescribed and the generic is not available, the, drug, uh, the pharmacist can um, fill the script with whatever is available. So some people may be familiar with a certain size or shape of pill, and they get it home and they think, oh, no, this is the wrong one. So they should check back and make sure, you know, not that there was a mistake, but they are taking the same drug and that will make them feel better. You're absolutely right, Dave. Um, <laughs> okay. it, and excuse me, uh, and, and uh, Libby, I won't talk about Viagra. Remember that time you had the show Sex and Older People? Yeah. I talked about Viagra. Uh, I won't. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, uh, I've had several shows on that. There, okay. There's nothing wrong with talking about it. Oh, uh, no, I made a funny remark, and you said, oh, Dave. Anyway. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Well, that's a good You're thing. forgiven, Dave. <laughs> okay, take care. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, and on that note, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thank you so much, Alan Malik, Executive VP and Chief Pharmacy Officer at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.